0: And now on to the talking news. Groundbreaking ceremony held by Joanna K. Zavales. Chennery Middle School 7th graders are among the VIP guests who attended the groundbreaking ceremony for the new Belmont Middle and High School construction project, which happened on May 28th. They will be the first class to graduate the new 445,100-square-foot, $295-million facility in 2024. The Massachusetts School Building Authority will reimburse the town $80 million. Senator William Brownsberger addressed the crowd with tears in his his eyes, and he said, I really enjoy telling my colleagues that our town voted for this project with 76% thinking of the financial sacrifice that means for every single voter in this town. Jim McDonald, CEO of the Massachusetts School Building Committee, spoke directly to the 7th graders, referring to them as the most important people there. It doesn't happen too often in a student's life that they get to have a brand new state-of-the-art school in which to learn and to be a home for a number of years. You're lucky to have the people of Belmont recognize that it's important to invest in our future and our future is our students. Each and every child deserves to have that great learning environment, he said. The building will feature both carefully separated and strategically shared spaces between the middle school and high school. By co-locating all of Belmont's middle and high school students on one campus, the district solves a town-wide space shortage concern in the face of growing enrollment. In addition, this opens an opens up opportunities for multi-age learning scenic clay pit pond serves as a point of reference throughout the school complex from virtually anywhere occupants can orient themselves to the pond and the views it provides the project team is collaborating among the town of belmont the massachusetts school building authority ska, Daedalus Projects, and the global design and research firm Perkins and Will. The logistics have been intricately choreographed. The new high school will be constructed while the existing high school remains fully occupied. Construction will begin on June the 18th. Phase one, the addition to the field house and swimming pool, is expected to be completed by the summer of 2021 for students in grades nine through 12 to begin using in the fall of 2021. Phase two will begin in the summer of 2021 with the demolition of the current building, that is minus the field house and swimming pool, and construction of the grades seven and eight part of the building, which is expected to be completed by the summer of 2023. And now on to my colleague, Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. Looking Back at Belmont High 50 Years Ago by Joanna K. Zavellis. Third-generation Belmontian William Farrell was at the groundbreaking for the Belmont Middle and High School on May 28th. He served on the school committee when the groundbreaking ceremony was held for the current 279,000-square-foot high school building in December 1968, which cost $9 million. The skating rink, pool, and field house were included in the project, which was dedicated March 28, 1971. It was Belmont's first new building in 35 years, according to a history article in the Citizen Herald. Farrell recalled how the skating rink was a last-minute addition to the project back then. At that time, rinks and fieldhouses were not part of a high school, and we managed to break some new ground to get money for the skating rink, which enabled us to command a few more votes for people who wanted to get that in the fieldhouse, which was another instance where we really garnered support. Fred Paulson was chairman of the school committee when the groundbreaking was held for the current building 51 years ago. He recalled the day he learned of the fire that destroyed the high school building, which used to be located where the Wellington Elementary School is currently located. Paulson said town meeting made three important decisions that year in 1967. They voted to rebuild the high school at what was then called Clay Pit Park. They voted to turn what was left of the new wing of the high school on Orchard Street into an elementary school, and they voted to turn the junior high school, which was for grades 7 and 8, into a 6th through 8th grade school. Elementary schools became kindergarten through 5th grade. Former selectman Sammy Baghdadi graduated BHS in 1980. He recalled the BHS was state-of-the-art facility when he was a student even though it housed and could educate approximately the same number of students as it does today. The programs were a lot less mandated at the time, so it seemed to be a much roomier school than it is today. It's a shame to see what used to be storage closets now being used as classrooms. It will be great for students to be able to go to a school where they can breathe again and have the room to grow educationally, said Baghdadi. Now over to Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. Honoring the Fallen by Joanna K. Zovellis. Veterans Services Officer Robert Upton was pleased with the turnout for this year's Memorial Day Parade on May 27th and even more pleased with the perfect weather for the event. Residents sat outside with tables and chairs, lawn chairs, or just stood in front of their homes waving flags and applauding veterans, soldiers from the 211 Military Police Battalion of the Massachusetts Army National Guard and the color guards of the Belmont Police and Fire Department, set up. Upton. He said this year there was a large number of Boy and Girl Scouts who marched. Another staple which made the traditional parade more entertaining for marchers and spectators was the Belmont High School musicians who participated. The Belmont High School marching marauders were also a few huge favorite and sets the tone and tempo for the occasion. The guest speaker at Grove Street ceremony w- this year was 1996 Belmont High School graduate Chris Lassard, currently a firefighter in Newton. He is the former director of the Massachusetts Fallen Heroes and a combat veteran. The names of more than 100 fallen Belmont veterans were read at the cemetery. Select Board Chairman Thomas Caputo also addressed the crowd at the cemetery, speaking about his recent visit to Normandy, France, where he toured the beaches the Americans and United States allies came ashore on D-Day and the nearby cemetery holding the remains of nine thousand eight hundred thirty-four men and four women who died in the D-Day invasion in the battles the battles for Europe that followed. It was with great pride as an American that I walked among those marble stones and talked with my teenage daughters about the challenges faced by their fellow Americans, many only a few years older than my kids are today, and remembered their great sacrifice, said Caputo. He said his trip to Normandy was a poignant reminder of his personal debt to this country's service members, both those who served in World War II, as well as those who have served throughout history and in the present day. Over to you, Bob.
0: Thank you, Max. Meet the Animal Control Officer by Joanna K. Zavalis. Suzanne Tresavage officially begins her role as Belmont's new full-time animal control officer on May the 13th. She replaces John Magurius who retired on February 21st after 17 years in the role. Her annual salary is $60,000. Tresavage grew up in Sudbury and received her degree from Regis College. She also trained at the Plymouth Police Academy Reserve Intermittent Academy, and the Animal Control Officers Association of Massachusetts. She began her career working with animals in 2005 by volunteering at local animal shelters and working full-time at an animal shelter on Cape Cod. From there, she became a surgical veterinarian technician and continued to build her resume. Tresavage was then hired by the towns of Wellfleet and Truro as an animal control officer. In her first week on the job, Tresavage helped to rescue 11 ducklings that fell into a sewer drain and four bunnies that fell into a window well. She also reunited a missing cat found in Belmont with her owner in Watertown. She also attended a meet and greet at Belmont Day School with Hattie, a three-legged therapy dog, in training. She has also responded to miscellaneous wildlife calls regarding turkeys, raccoons, skunks, snakes, and bunnies, and incidents regarding loose dogs, barking dogs, and dog bites. Some questions that were asked of her What did you you do prior to becoming Belmont's animal control officer? I worked for the Animal Rescue League of Boston as a rescue agent. Our team covered most of eastern, central, and southeastern Massachusetts. Our duties consisted of assisting law enforcement with the rescue of large-scale animal cruelty seizure cases, climbing trees to rescue cats, ice rescues, water rescues, trap, neuter, and release of feral cat colonies in and around Boston and community outreach programs to ensure that as many cats and dogs as possible could receive basic medical care as well as spray and neuter. How was your first official week on the job? It has been an amazing experience thus far. Everyone in town has been more than welcoming and helpful in assisting me in my new venture. It has been an absolute pleasure to meet so many residents who are as passionate about animals as I am. What do you like about your job? Obviously, the animal aspect of the job is exciting, to come to work every day and not know what the day will bring. Literally anything can happen in an eight hour shift. For example, the Arlington Bear. I was not present for that, but it definitely gives insight as to how different my job can be from day to day. Along with the expected, unexpected nature of the job, I enjoy meeting new people every day and hopefully being able to help with whatever animal issues or concerns they may be experiencing. What is your area of expertise? Well, over the years, I have responded to many law enforcement cruelty cases usually involving animal collecting, also known as hoarding, which has resulted in the attendance of multiple trainings and conferences, as well as research regarding animal collecting. It is so important for not only the animals to receive help, but as well as the person housing these animals. There are many resources available if someone thinks that they may need some assistance with a situation they, that they believe may have gotten a little out of hand. What experience do we have with dealing with rats? I am aware that a rat issue has existed in the past, but I am not aware of any current issues involving rats. I am against using poisons, as they can and have been proven deadly to wildlife and domestic animals. I am prepared to deal with any issue that arises in Belmont, but my position will not be condoning the poisoning of of the rats, but rather educating the public on more humane and natural options." Any nuisance animal complaint will be dealt with as needed on each call and will be handled based upon each individual's particular concern. And now over to Claire.
1: Thank you, Bob. Chenery Students Get Hands-On Science Lessons by Joanna K. Zavellis. Chenery Middle School fifth graders recently participated in hands-on workshops to learn about the physical changes of matter. Leading the workshop was Jody Harris, an instructor from the Discovery Museum, which organizes about 1,700 workshops annually for more than 100 towns in Massachusetts. Harris gave students a lesson on the physical properties of solids, liquids, and gases using dry ice and liquid nitrogen. They saw how liquid water changes to gas, how flowers and rubber bands shatter, how a banana can be turned into a hammer, and how solid metal can can shrink in a metal matter of seconds. Students then had the opportunity to break up into groups and experiment with dry ice activities at five different stations. In one of the demonstrations, Harris put dry ice inside a balloon and heated it up, causing the balloon to expand to teach students a lesson on how carbon dioxide gas spreads. She dipped a banana and flowers into liquid nitrogen and showed how the flowers became hard and shattered when crushed, and the banana became like a hammer. Students took turns putting dry ice inside small plastic container with a cover, which popped open after a few seconds. They also mixed dry ice with boiling water and saw how it changed to a fog-like gas which they were able to pour onto their heads without getting wet. They also mixed dry ice in a tub of warm water with dish soap to create bubbles, which they were able to scoop up in their hands and then watch as it disintegrated into gas. The 16 workshops over a four-day period were funded by the Channery PTO, Elizabeth Baker, Director of Science and Technology Engineering for Belmont Public Schools, said the format was one class of students at a time, allowed for maximum student investigation at each of the stations. I was really impressed by the Discovery Museum presenters, their content, knowledge, skill, with their presentation and application of child development appropriate for a fifth-grade audience. We definitely hope to bring this workshop back for fifth graders next year and are looking into other grades that also could have a great content fit, said Baker. Fifth grader Ryan Park said it was really fun. He especially enjoyed creating fog when the dry ice was mixed with boiling water. It felt really weird when I tasted it and when it got on my hair, he said. Now, here's Max.
2: Thanks, Claire. Farmer's Market to open season June 6th. The Belmont Farmer's Market will open its 14th season at 2 p.m. June 6th in the Belmont Center Municipal Parking Lot, intersection of Cross Street and Channing Road. Dave Douglas will sound the trumpet, and newly elected member of the Select Board, Roy Epstein, will cut the ribbon. I'm delighted to help launch the market, which has become one of our summer institutions in Belmont, said Epstein. I look forward to shopping here, meeting neighbors, and comparing my own cucumbers against the pros. Eighteen long-standing familiar vendors will be returning this season, and the market will introduce 14 new ones. Shoppers can look forward to early-season produce next week, plus meat, fish, prepared foods, and more. In the market's event tents, the Sound Chasers, a five-piece cover band, will offer a variety of classic and current rock from 2.10 to 4 p.m. At 4 p.m., the weekly story time offered by the Belmont Public Library will take place in the tent. From 4:30 to 6:30 p.m., the LBE Brass Band, a popular group of local players, will play a mix of music from Dixieland to light classical. At the community table, Mary Beth Kalman, Belmont's recycling coordinator, will answer questions about the new plastic bag ban and the recycling program. Ken Foster from Community Growing will talk about the fun of growing vegetables as a family activity. As it has for several years, the market will continue to match SNAP, formerly food stamps, dollars up to $20 per shopper per day. It will also match WIC coupons for moms and babies. And most produce vendors support the HIP program, which provides free produce to SNAP recipients. Market manager Murray Carpio and volunteer Mary Reese will be in the manager's tent to help shoppers navigate these programs and answer other questions. The market is open weekly from 2 to 6.30 p.m. The Belmont Farmers Market is a project of the nonprofit Belmont Food Collaborative, Inc., a volunteer-run 501c3 organization whose mission is promoting good health, access to fresh and local food, nutrition, and local and sustainable farming. Over to you, Bob.
0: Thank you, Max. Three new businesses opening in Cushing Square by Joanna K. Zavallis. As the Bradford development of luxury apartments continues to progress, uh, business owners are signing more leases in Cushing Square. Three new businesses will be opening between June and September. Uh, the since March the fifteenth, twenty sixteen, the storefront where Olin's Bakery used to have long lines outside its door with people waiting for freshly baked mouth-watering donuts has been vacant as a result of a fire. The space has since been re- renovated, and a new tenant will be moving in. Essentials Salon, which has been located at 79 Trapello Road for the past seven years, will relocate to 456 Common Street by the end of the summer. Essentials owner, Megan Brennan of Arlington, Graduated from Minuteman High School, where she learned to be a hairstylist in 1999. She began working for Essentials, formerly located at 352 Trapella Road that same year, and in 2008, she became the owner. At the time, Brennan said the salon had relocated, relocated to Waltham, but she moved the salon back to Belmont in its current location next to Hollingsworth 5 and 10. She said she loved her current location, but the new location will give her 600 more square feet of space, which will allow her to grow her current staff of 12, who offer services for hair and skin, including coloring, styling, waxing, microdermabrasion, and facials. She is also excited about being closer to the other businesses in Cushing Square. The Blue Butterfly at 113 Trapello Road will open this August. Owner Erin Brown of Belmont plans to fill the 550 square foot space between TikTok Chocolates and the Barber's Den with original art, vintage, and vintage-inspired wares, travel goods, and hold community events. Brown has lived in Belmont for seven years with her husband Jeff Broderick and their two children, Hannah, age 9, and Aiden, age 12. Brown is a professional freelance writer and communication specialist. Broderick works in the software industry and will help Brown behind the scenes as her chief operating and technology officer. Brown's mother, Marlene Brown, opened a store in Baltimore called The Poor Butterfly in the late 1980s and had it for more than 20 years she sold antiques vintage clothing and accessories and also specialized in sterling silver flatware based in baltimore she also sold at trade shows throughout new england both brown and broderick helped at many of these shows brown said that they loved the atmosphere and learned a great deal about how to make vendor seller relationships work i hope i inherited my mother's great eye for quality goods the blue butterfly in many ways is an homage to her but updated with a fresh vibe. I think there's a large market of people who appreciate quality pieces that can live alongside things in a modern home," said Brown. The Blue Butterfly will sell various types of art with a younger vibe, including paintings, photography, and sculptures. She also plans to sell authentic vintage and antique goods, as well as vintage-inspired gift items. For travelers, the Blue Blue Butterfly will sell books on travel and funky travel accessories to take along on trips. Bringing the community into the Blue Butterfly is what Brown is most excited about. She plans to invite the community into her store for gallery nights, book club meetings, and various activities to get the community together. Too Tempted, opening at former Boston Pedego storefront, Marissa Bazile's dream of owning her own business in the fashion industry is about to become true. The 23-year-old Winchester resident, a recent uh, Bryant University graduate, is opening a clothing b- boutique, Too Tempted, at 444 Common Street in Cushing Square, the former location of electric bike store Pedego of Boston. Bazile's received her bachelor's degree in business administration with a focus in marketing and communications in 2017. She began working in a corporate marketing role, but soon realized she wasn't truly happy with what she was doing. Bazile has roots in Belmont and said the town has always been like a second home to her. Her father, Dominic, grew up in the town. Bazile's great-uncle is Leon D. Madrastis, the owner of Leon and Company. Her cousins, Damien, Dante, and Filippo Demetrius, uh, the owners of El Casal and The Wellington. Her sister, Nicole Rabello also lives in Belmont with her husband, Justin, and their two young children. The name of Bazile's new store, Too Tempted, was inspired by her desire to get out of the corporate world and also goes along with the impulse people feel when they are shopping for things they love. Too Tempted will also sell accessories, including shoes, handbags, and handmade jewelry. Quality is very important to Bazile when she was looking for brands to sell. And now on to my colleague Claire.
1: Thanks, Bob. Czech director spoke at West Newton Cinema.
0: with my colleagues Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.